Hey, so in this episode, I speak with Jordan Kahu, current NRL player. Also, Jordan's just launched his media agency. He has a passion for videography, and I've had the privilege in working with him and continue to work with Jordan. Uh, so yeah, sit back, relax, and um, there's so many good nuggets in this episode. The Athlete CEO Podcast. Let's go. Where we'll start, bro, is really just a quick 60-second bio. Just share a bit about, um, you know, who you are just in case they may not know. Um, and I'll hand it over to you. Sweet. Uh, 60 seconds. That's pretty tough. Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, I've got one older brother, um, Dave and Mark, my parents. We grew up. Um, they also grew up in Wellington. Um, started playing rugby union at a very young age. Loved it. Loved the All Blacks. Um, went to primary school um, in the heart, then intermediate in the heart, then started high school um, in Lower Heart as well. And ended up moving to a college in Wellington um, where I was playing um, second 15 and first 15 and floating in between them. And then, yeah, ended up um, changing schools again and moving over to Australia to pursue a rugby uh, league career and um, yeah went to Kiva Park uh, won the national comp there then went into the under-20s after that uh, for the Brisbane Broncos um, and then started training with the first grade team the year after that so and then yeah to where I am at the moment Wow cool man thanks for sharing that and we'll get into a bit of your backstory uh, later on um, but I guess right now, so what's going on for you right now? Obviously, um, you know, the, you're, you're out injured at the moment, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I broke my jaw um, just over nine weeks ago. Um, yeah. So I was playing round two against the Cowboys and I tackled someone pretty much with my face and broke my jaw. Um, so, yeah, I've been out. I had a little hiccup at about the six-week mark. I was, I was meant to come back. I had a little hiccup, so it set me back probably another three weeks. Um, but yeah, hopefully looking to play either this weekend or or after the bye. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, cool. So if we can just touch on that, on your injury, I guess how you said you had a little hiccup at the six-week mark. Um, just for those um, viewers um, who may aspire to play in the NRL professional sport, how important is it to, to manage your injuries and sort of what mindset do you have to be in to make sure that you come back at 100%? Um. Just knowing, you know, like just just staying strong and knowing that everything's going to be okay, you know, with all the injuries I've had, there's always been a little setback along the way as well. And, you know, having the initial injuries, obviously a massive setback and um, getting your head around that's probably tough enough. But um, as a lot of other players could probably vouch for that, you know, it's, it's not a, a smooth road um, coming back from injury. You know, there's, there are things that pop up here and there, but um, just remaining calm and, and knowing that, um, you'll eventually get back and um, just having that end goal um, will help you a lot. Yeah. So when you, when you, because I know you've had your fair share of injuries, man, and we're not talking like minor ones. Um, you know, you've had quite a few big uh, major injuries. When you come across these setbacks, like um, how, what do you do to help you overcome these challenges? Um, you know, obviously a setback when, when you get, when you're injured, 
doing your rehab and then there's another setback which prolongs your injury. So what, what do you do mentally to help you overcome these, these little setbacks? I've always been um, pretty disciplined. You know, discipline's a massive, um, massive thing when you're on the field, but um, it's probably more so off the field. And um, yeah. know, knowing where I want to be and knowing that, you know, I want to be in a Broncos jersey playing NRL, um, I won't let anything stop me. And just just staying strong to, to who you are as a person. Um, I probably yeah. lost that. Um, when I was a bit younger, I was trying, you know, trying to hang out with um, people who weren't really in this environment and kind of didn't understand the whole, um, all the sacrifices you really had to make to to get to where I am today. And um, you know, every time I get injured now, you know, I'm always doing the right things and eating the right stuff and you know, training the house down and yeah, you know, just staying di- staying disciplined in all areas of life to get me back. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, man. Thanks, bro. You know, obviously, discipline seems to be the, the the main focus on what you just shared there. So, what we're gonna do now, bro, is really just take us back. Um, in the brief um, sixty seconds that you shared, you spoke about um, growing up in Wellington and actually playing rugby. So, if we can just sort of dive into that a bit deeper, walk us through um, your story and and really step us through how you actually came about to to not only switching to league but then moving into a broncos jersey yeah so growing up in wellington um a lot of a lot of boys even girls as well were you know attracted to rugby union straight away new zealand's such a a big rugby union country and and wellington is such a big rugby union city so naturally i was born to um i was drawn to a rugby union and um i was a massive all blacks fan from as long as I can remember, and and that's all I wanted to be growing up was an, was an All Black, and um, I played rugby union from about three to uh, fifteen, sixteen. When I finished at Wellington College, um, yep. I was in and out of the first fifteen, and and wasn't playing much minutes. I was sitting on the bench, and you know, I always, you know, and like I'm a really competitive person, and I always felt like I I should have been playing, and. Um, yeah. It was hard at the time because I was one of the younger boys, but not having club rugby at the same time as um, college rugby was really tough because I, I wasn't playing at all. So I was playing yeah. probably five, ten minutes here and there for the first 15, and that's pretty much all I was getting every weekend. And it yeah. just kind of it kind of turned me off, um, turned me off playing because yeah, obviously all I wanted to do was play. You know, I didn't train the whole week just to just to play five, ten minutes every week. And um, yeah. I got thrown. Well, my dad came up to me and said, do you want to try some league? He obviously knew that I was struggling. Um, we had some good mates that played league. Do you want to go and try? And I went and had a game and loved it and ended up yeah. playing probably four or five more games that year. Um, ended up loving it and then um, had a few connections. Um, Johnny Lomax, had a, he was my Wellington coach. For rugby yep. league, and he had a couple of connections over in um, Australia and at the West Tigers when Tim Sheens was coaching. And yes. um, the West Tigers um, were interested in, in having me and in, put into a, a West Tigers school and, and a West Tigers scholarship. So they brought me to Australia and put me in a in a school on the Gold Coast where uh, rugby league's probably the number one thing. And yeah, um, yeah just. Loved every minute of playing league and um, 
yeah, it's, it's hard to look back now. Yeah. So when you were at that, when you're at, um, at Wellington College and it wasn't working out for you, um, can you pinpoint exactly when, when your father came to you and said, do you want to give league a go? Was there any self-doubt or did you just say, hey, you know, I'm willing to give some, give this a go? I was, I was confused, like, because I didn't know all the rules and I, I found out last year that I still don't know all the rules. Um, <laughs> Sorry, bro. But... <laughs> I'm sure 80% of the boys running around in the NRL still don't know all the rules. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was more scared about not knowing all the rules and, um, all the big boys, you know, there's no weight restrictions and, um, and league, and league back in New Zealand. And I was like, man, I was, I was pretty little growing up. And, um, those were the two things I thought of straight away. But as soon as I started playing, I just loved it. Eh? And there's a lot more, yeah. obviously, playing time and, um, a lot less rest. So I was enjoying it from, from the start. Yeah. Cool. So then you got that opportunity to come over to Kibra. Is that right? And then. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your time at Kibra. Obviously, you shared that you won the national championship that, that year. What was it like making the shift from Wellington, moving over to, um, to the Gold Coast um, at, at, what, 16 years of age? Yeah, so I was, when I was initially moving over, I was meant to be coming by myself. Um, and then the year before I moved over, my parents split and yeah. um, my dad, and brother both said that they want to come and move to Australia with me. So having that base when I first moved to Australia was, yes. um, you know, probably a lifesaver. You see so many young kids from New Zealand move over and kind of struggle with the home yes. homesickness and, and that kind of stuff. And I was really lucky to have them move over with me. And um, first year at Kibra, obviously, uh, we lost to Palm Beach in the Southeast Queensland final. We probably had the team that probably could have won it. Yeah. Uh, all, all, a lot of young guns. Corey Norman was playing um, for my team at the time, and probably should have won won it, but we didn't yeah. end up. And um, so I had that drive the following year to come back and you know work harder. A lot of the younger boys came into the team, um, and there's a few of us older boys who had to kind of show them, you know, um, you know, teach them that we didn't want to feel that way again. Yeah. So. Um, I was given the job as captain for the year, and I had a lot of a lot of other boys who helped me out a lot that year with, yeah. with being the captain. Um, and yeah, we took each game as it come and um, beat Palm Beach, the team we lost to the following year. Um, and then yeah, just kind of rolled our way to the Australian final, and it just yeah, just all seemed to happen for us. And um, yeah, it's definitely one of the proudest moments of my life you know it's, it's probably school rugby is probably the last time it's not really a job anymore and, it, and you can really yeah. enjoy playing with a group of teammates that you're, you're all really close with you know yeah and um yeah it's a real special time in my life Keep yeah of course i guess when you when you go to school every day and you're around your teammates every day and then you're around them at school and then at training and then you play with them on the weekends you get to yeah. build up that bond and that friendship so can you just Talk to us when, when you found out you were going to be made captain. What was going through your mind? Do you, um, yeah, what was that responsibility like for you? How did you take that on board? I was, you know, to be honest, the first thing that popped in my head was how am I going to tell all these, you know, big Polynesian boys, you know, when they put a foot out of line to, you know, pull their heads in. But um, that's what <laughs> the first thing that popped in my mind. But 
yeah, I've been like I've loved being a leader my whole life. I've loved being, you know, um, the first one to try something, or um, you know, whether it be jumping jumping off a, a cliff into the water or something like that. I was always loving being the first person at everything and being a yeah. captain. You know, kind of just felt natural to me. And um, yeah, I was I was pretty honoured, and you know, to go the whole go through the whole comp and end up winning it was um, as captain was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. So we've just um you've just finished at Kibra and because their affiliation to the Tigers, how how did the, um you coming and getting a Broncos jersey end up? How did that work out? Yeah, so my last year of school um was two thousand and nine and that was the inaugural year of the under twenties uh competition. Um my yeah. brother was playing in that in that um competition and he played for the Broncos, so um when they found out he had a little brother, um, obviously they were pretty keen. Um, and I wasn't ready to move down to Sydney with um, my partner, just just us two. You know, we were yeah. still quite young and I still wanted to stay at home with Dad and um, stay close to him. And, um, yeah, staying on the Gold Coast seemed a lot more attractive than moving to Sydney was. So, yeah. I was, yes, I was signed by um, the Brisbane Broncos just before... Um, our grand final, um, our school grand final, and yeah, I'm I'm happy with the decision I, I made. Yeah, how long have you been there now? How long have you been at the Broncos? So my first preseason, I did my first preseason in 2009 at the end of 2009, um, and yeah, I've been in my first NRL preseason was the end of 2010. So been there yeah. nearly nine years now. Yeah, yeah, wow, it's been awesome. a while. Yeah, it has nine years. Jeez, talk us through your debut. Talk us through your um, debut, man. So I was—I remember I was at training and the boys had team run and I was kind of floating in and out because uh, Hojo, Hojo's hammy was was playing up and um, I kind of like he, he looked like he could have played, but he kind of didn't, you know. At the same time, and yeah. Um, so training finished. I went home and I was. Um, just chilling on my balcony at home and I got this phone call from um, the coach and he rang me up and he said, um, you know, looking at playing you, Hodjo's going to have a rest this week. And he's like, oh, just don't tell anyone. We're going to keep it under wraps until until closer to the game just to protect you. And I was like, yeah, sweet as, sweet as. And um, they're like, yeah, you can tell your family because obviously you need to get them over. And, you know, I was on, my, on the phone to my parents straight away and, um, you know, it's just, an emotional moment because the two years prior to to that year I'd um, done back-to-back knee reconstructions and um, you know all those kind of emotions floated through and um, just thinking you know like that it was worth it and I'm just I was just so happy with myself for not giving up you know you see a lot of people coming out of high school and straight into the NRL environment and they really struggle with all the training and as soon as, you know, they get a setback or an injury, they, you know, they kind of give up and I was happy that yeah. I didn't do that. And, um, yeah, remembering that moment when he called me, um, you know, and I was pretty emotional because, you know, I had been through some tough times and, um, yeah, it was eventually worth it when I didn't know that moment was going to come. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, man. And I'm going to touch on that if it's okay with you, bro. Um, because you actually wrote a, a blog about that, and um, 
and the fact that you hadn't had played first grade yet and you had gone through two knee reconstructions man that's um that's some tough going man and and the fact that you were able to stay the path stay the course and eventually make your first grade debut can you just walk us through or just share with us what was actually going through your mind not not only after the first knee recon but even the second one so you know how does someone be uh, um how is someone able to overcome that um especially for viewers that may be going through something similar um i think it was probably a good thing that i hadn't played yet um because i still had that drive there that i you know i'm a real stubborn person and when i have my mind set on something um i have to do it otherwise you know it just doesn't sit well with me and i remember yeah. after the first knee i kind of didn't comprehend what um sacrifices and hard work i i would have had to make throughout the whole rehab and um you know i kind of just dawdled through my first recon and kind of just done things as it came and um you didn't really appreciate the hard work at the time and yeah when i done my second one you know i was like i had a glimpse of like as soon as it happened i had a glimpse of like man this is it and i think yeah. a lot of people around me had the same type of feeling and um but yeah but my stubborn stubbornness just came through and kind of kind of took over and you know i signed up to a gym probably five days after my um my surgery and i was like you know i'm not gonna let this stop me i was yeah. living on the gold coast at the time so i couldn't pop into the broncos gym yeah. you know when i wanted so i signed up to a 24-hour gym that was close to me um and i was there I was at training with the Broncos every day and then I'd come home and then go to the gym again at night, just, you know, trying to keep the weight off and, yeah. um, you know, just doing little things just to keep my mind set on the goal that I wanted to achieve. And um, the second time around was a lot better because I knew what I had to do. I yeah. knew what hard work was needed of me and, and I knew how to do more than, I knew I had to do more than what I did last year to, to get me to where I wanted to be. And, um yeah i was a pro at it but by the second time around wow that's awesome and that's cool man thanks for sharing that because one message that i always share especially with aspiring young footy players is that you know firstly there's no such thing as failure only feedback but if someone doesn't achieve a goal or result my question to them is always did you do everything and anything possible to give you the best opportunity in achieving that. And what you just shared about your second rehab sounds like that's what you did. And that's what yeah. you learned from your first reconstruction. So, yeah. and that's why, you know, it's so important to make sure that, hey, can you do really do a self-assessment of yourself and say, hey, did I really give myself the best opportunity? Did I do everything that was needed? Did I, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's? If you can look yourself in the mirror and really say that, that you haven't, then you can go back and start working on it. So, yeah. man, that's awesome. And um, I think most people would would really value what you just said, you know, having two knee reconstructions and then to come back and play, not only for the Broncos, but talk us through your Kiwis debut as well. Oh, man, that was, um, I remember the phone, it wasn't in phone call, it was after the grand final, um, 2015, I was, um, in the sheds, obviously emotional. We'd just lost in a, in a heartbreaker right on the buzzer. And um, uh, Steve Kearney was our assistant coach at the time. And, you know, obviously I was pretty emotional when he came over and, and said to me, you ready to play again? And I was like, 
what do you mean? He's like, oh, you ready to go again? And I was like, I didn't kind of understand it. And then um, a couple of days later, he gave me a call and said that I'd made the spot. And I, you know, I probably didn't appreciate that moment as much because I thought I was, you know, I was just going to be a young player on tour who really, who kind of came in and just, you know, floated around and took things off the older boys and didn't didn't play at all, but, you know, got that experience. Yeah. And then um, the first test, he um, named me at left centre and I was, I was, I couldn't believe it. And um, I remember the first time I ran out, you know, it was so special. Um, standing in the line and, and singing the anthem, you know, I I thought about to when I was a child doing doing it in front of the TV, um, yeah. watching the All Blacks, and and then now I, I was doing it on the field, and you know, thinking of my man, my nan, and um, all my family back home that would be so proud of me, and all the people who, you know, kind of had the like the tiniest bit of influence to get yeah. me to where I was, you know, I, I thought of yeah everyone and I was pretty emotional and I had to stop singing because I was you know I was gonna start crying so I had to stop singing but yeah that first anthem and um that first haka that I did you know was probably one of the best things in my career yeah wow man that's awesome and you know congratulations on making the Kiwis and you've been part of the Kiwis set up for a while now so um I guess what we'll do now is we'll just start to line it up a bit before we open it up to the viewers so I've just got a few questions here um, that I wanted to ask, and then we'll open it up to anyone that wants to ask Jordan a question. So the first one, bro, is if you could be mentored by one person, who would it be and why? Um, I'm not too sure. Obviously, I'm getting mentored by you at the moment. <laughs> so um, I'm trying to think of who else I could. It's hard. You know, I've always I've always been pretty confident in um, you know, doing my own type of thing and yeah. um backing myself to accomplish things and if I could choose one person it'd probably be someone that's um, you know, had a real um knack for, you know, business and yeah. and tech savvy things, you know, someone like Steve Jobs, you know. Yeah. Um he's he's just such a good businessman, he's had setbacks, you know, he's been fired from his company that he started and made his way back and 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 boomed his business and yeah i'll probably choose him yeah so i just want to touch on something that you brought up before um which just came to my attention was around you said that you were hanging out with with a certain group or whatever and that weren't probably weren't uh aligned with what you were doing as a professional athlete and you made some sacrifices because there's another thing that i that i love to share is that uh, as a quote around, you know, we are the average of the five people that we spend most of our time with. So when did you get the, I guess, the light bulb moment that, hey, it was time to, I don't want to say cut ties, or uh, when did you get that moment where you said, hey, you know, I, I need to start to either distance myself from this crowd or I'm, I'm moving in a different direction. You either come with me or you don't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely after my second um, knee reconstruction. I knew yeah. I couldn't keep behaving the way I was behaving, and um, I moved up to Brisbane because you know the Gold Coast life just wasn't working out for me. Um, yeah. It was you know putting a strain on my relationship with my partner Jess, and 
um, it was obviously putting a strain on my body, just the, the amount of um, partying and stuff that I was doing. You know, I was a, I was a young young kid in a Broncos environment, and I kind of yeah. you know abused abused that, and um, you know thought I was someone I wasn't. And yeah. um, you know, my friends, you know, obviously still good friends to this day, but um, never once have they kind of you know judged me for for me kind of not hanging out with them as much. You know, I yeah. still see them. A lot and you know we're just as close as ever but yeah. you know the they were good friends and you can tell that they're good friends because they've always supported me throughout my career even when I haven't kind of text or haven't spoken to them in a while they've always you know been so supportive of me and I think yeah. they deep down they kind of knew that you know I needed to kind of get my act together to get where I needed to be and um, I think you know you know they were just they were just good enough to kind of you know, cope with me not being around as much as um, yeah. as I have been, and um, yeah, it's definitely the second knee recon. I needed to to do something better, and um, that was a part of it. Yeah, no, man, cool. See, because I believe that sometimes it's our closest friends who find it hard to reach out to us. So yeah. for me, if I share a little story, um, you know, one of my closest friends when I was going through my struggles and my uh, adversity during my career he found it really difficult to ask me bro are you okay like yeah do you know he just, he just didn't know how to how to say it um yeah. and sometimes you know that's um you know and i i got a message from one of my closest teammates last year and uh, he sent me this real long message apologizing saying that bro you know i knew you were going through something um during your time playing I just didn't know how to help you. I didn't know what to say. So sometimes yeah. it's the closest ones to us that they really struggle to find. Oh man, to get the courage yeah. to ask us. So yeah. Um, but yeah, man, now nah, that's cool, bro. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, do you have a favorite co uh, quote? Um, I've, I've always said it. Every time I get asked it, it's uh, patience is a virtue, and um, it's something my dad always used to say to us when we went fishing because. You know, like obviously you need patience to to fish, and you gotta, you know, um, you know, we were sitting out in cold nights in Wellington and catching nothing. And my dad always used to just repeat that. And um, yeah. obviously with my injuries and all that type of thing, it's it's kind of something that stayed in the back of my mind that I've, you know, remained patient and kind of not too, you know, not not ready to jump off and just stayed strong to what I believed in. And, um, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, no, nah, that's so, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. You know, I think we're in an age where we all, we want instant results. Yeah. So, you know, learning, learning the art of patience is something that I'm learning. So, now nah, that's <laughs> cool. So, what does success mean to you? Um, it's hard. You know, you see so many people that you think are successful and, and then, like a lot of famous people, and then you see their lives, you know, fall to bits, like in a couple of years. And I think success shouldn't be like determined on how much money or how good a job you have. Um, for me, success is, you know, making sure that my family is always going to be loved and um, always going to be well fed, and you know, all the people around me love me for who I am and I love them for who they are and it's not about the amount of money or um, yeah or things you have in life it's, it's about the people 
and everyone around you. Right, that was mean. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, man. That was awesome. Thanks a lot, bro. And I, I, I totally agree with you as well. You know, I believe success shouldn't be measured by our, our financial wealth or, or the status mm. that we have. And what you just shared, I, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. Thanks a lot. So what we'll do now is we'll open it up to anyone that has any questions. So Jordan, if you can see it there, feel free to jump in. Um, we've got Hugh, Hugh McKitchie. Here we go. Right. Here we go from Lister. Lua Lua. Let's have a look. What's good, Jordan? What advice would you give to young players from Wellington Porirua who dream of playing in the NRL or playing international footy? Um, just, you know, doing the, um, doing the hard yards. You know, when I was a young boy living in um, lower hut, you know, no one kind of, you know, people don't give much time for, you know, those little towns and, um, you know, I was, I was training before school in the mornings and then heading to training after school and just making sure, you know, I stayed out of trouble. I had, I had some mates that were, were a bit of rat bags and they probably, um, laugh at, at me now because, you know, I was always the one to, to run first. If you if you know what I mean, like when anything would happen or any kind of trouble, I'd be I'd be out of there, and um, I just always knew that I wanted to be, you know, a professional sports person, and um, I knew getting into trouble um, was going to tarnish that. So I never, you know, I, I tried to stay out of trouble as much as I could, and obviously my parents um, done well to you know teach me right and. Um, yeah, train train hard and stay out of trouble would probably be the the two things I could give. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Lester. Um, here's one from Tana Puketapu. Who, who has the hardest fitness training, Mr. Lenton or Wayne Bennett? Um, it's hard because they both don't run it themselves. <laughs> they, they hire people to do it for them. Um, but Mr. Um, yeah, Kiba Park, Mr. Was uh, Mr. Linton's from Kiba Park? He was the head coach there. His um, his head trainer, Glenn Campbell, you know, probably prepared me the best way I could could have been to kind of go straight into the NRL um, the NRL space and 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 train just as hard. You know, I felt like I came into twenties um, being one of the best trainers, and that was all. Um, you know, I've got to pay a lot of credit to Mr. Campbell for that. Yeah, awesome. And hey, Jade, Jade's just got a comment here. Um, I like that you men are leading by example, showing vulnerability, showing others that it's okay to be open. Oh, cheers, Jade. Thanks for that. That's a good one. Um, what else do we have? So, hoodie here. So awesome to hear all these speakers you have on here. Uh, good on you for opening up. In coming generation my son's dream is to become a professional league player and he's only 14 years old we support him 100 percent. i truly ap appreciate this platform love it try to share these with my son too thank you for all, all your time jordan awesome 
Oh, we've we've got we've got a we've got another um, we've got a question here from another special guest, uh, Cody Nikorima. Have you seen that one, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Cody, <laughs> hope all is well, brother. Cody egg. <laughs> um. Okay, so this is from Tony. Uh, Jordan, have you thought what you will do once your NRL career finishes and giving back to the game you love? Um, yeah, that's, t- that's a tough one because I, d- I don't know where I'd be um, when, when I finish my career. Um, but, you know, doing as much as I can now to kind of um, help the younger generation to get to where they want to be or if they, um, you know, if they want to play in the NRL and the things I share um, on my social media and, and all the vlogs I do, I'm kind of hoping that it's giving them an insight to what mm. they want to be and hopefully it'll show them um, whether whether they want to be an NRL player or not. And, um, yeah. you know, whether they don't want, want it to be, it's okay. But, um, you know, we do a lot of promotional work while we're players and, and going out to schools and um, clinics and helping that younger generation. And, um, you know, I'm just going to do as much as I can now and, and when I'm done, um, I haven't really planned for anything yet. Yeah. Awesome. Cheers, bro. Uh, we'll, we'll open up. We'll have a couple more. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So this is another one from Jade. Did you, uh, so when you said you were in a Broncos environment, being someone that you weren't, are you able to share what was your greatest challenge in, in breaking away from that environment? Um, and how did you keep your mindset solid? So I think that's in relate more in relation to you probably after that first recon and then when you finally moved from Gold Coast and getting away from the, I don't know, does, does that sound, does that question make sense, bro? Yeah, I think the hardest thing that I found was obviously sacrificing the relationships that I had um, I'd had with friends you know yeah. and, and and going out to nightclubs and, and that type of scene because I was so used to it you know I was, I was caught yeah. in, a, in a habit of doing it so um, getting away from those type of habits and um, and kind of distancing myself from um, those friends um, was probably the toughest things because they were people who meant a lot to me and um they weren't they weren't obviously doing bad to anything bad to me or my family or or to my career they they had a different lifestyle and they could they could do what they want wanted but that wasn't right for me and and kind of realizing that and moving on was probably the toughest part because I love spending time with them and and they love spending time with me so it was hard kind of not doing that anymore yeah Awesome question and, and great response as well, Jordan. And I, if I'm to, if I can jump in there for a minute, because one thing I'd always do is, is sort of, I can see it from both point of views. Um, what I mean by that is the one that's outside looking in, but also from the one who's been there and looking out. So, you know, it's, um, it's, the rewards are great when you're a professional athlete, but it's not easy. It's, <laughs> It's really hard, as if you just heard um, Jordan's story. Already, you, he shared about his two knee reconstructions. 
um, the pressure of influences around him. He had to make decisions to better his career because that's his livelihood. So, you know, it's it comes at a cost sometimes. But, you know, when you make the right decisions and the right choices, you can really um, start to have a, uh, I guess, start living the life that you've always wanted in regards to professional sport and having uh, a meaningful career, which is what sounds like what you're doing, Jordan, because from what I've seen with your influence, your vlogs are off the hook. Um, I don't I don't know if there's any other professional athletes in Australia or New Zealand that are doing the social media presence like you are um, and your stickers. How that, how's that going, man? That's awesome. Yeah, good, bro. I just obviously with building my brand and that type of thing, I was kind of, you know, looking at starting something that you know, no one else had kind of done. And, um, yeah, so I, I just started um, some stick, selling some tick, stickers online. And, um, yeah, they've been going pretty well. And, you know, I get pretty um, happy when I get sent photos of them on people's cars and yeah. people's phones and, and that type of thing. And it's, it's pretty cool to see. All right, awesome. So we'll have one more question. Uh, one more question before we uh, we leave it off. Oh, here's one from I am Ray. Would you ever switch to Union and play for the Hurricanes? So that comes from I am Ray. I'd love to, but I think I've missed the boat on that one. Um, you know, the Hurricanes. You know, in New Zealand, rugby in New Zealand, the development into younger players is pretty massive over over there and. Um, you know, obviously don't want to burn that bridge, but I'd love to play for the Hurricanes. And I've always said that I'd go back to Union just because it's a box that I haven't ticked. I ticked, and yeah. Um, you know, I was I grew up my whole life playing rugby union, so I've got that um love for the game um that that's always been there. And I just want to you know kind of achieve that. And I probably if I went through my career without playing rugby union professionally, I probably wouldn't be. Um, 100% happy with it and yeah, it's always something that I've always said that I wanted to do but um, when I'll do it is probably the biggest question yeah awesome thanks for the question um, Ray uh, we'll just I'll just read this last post comment from Hugh uh, utilizing your sporting and social media platforms to inspire people who follow you and others is always great to see um, we rise by lifting others keep it 100 there you go. Well done. Cheers, Hugh. Thanks, Hugh. All right. So before we wrap it up, bro, is there any sort of final messages that you wanted to leave with our viewers? Any um, any thoughts or insights or, or anything that you feel like may benefit them or anything you just want to share? Uh, I guess if you're just a young player or you're a player um, currently, you know, just knowing what you want from from where you are at this moment in time and and what you've done last year um you know you want to be always be better than the person you were last year and that's something i'm trying to aim for now that i've got a young family um you know i'm trying to do more than i did off this off the field than last year and i think i'm doing that at the moment with all my vlogging and um working with you on there so um yeah. Yeah, just be a better person than you were last year and, and keep building um, to where you want to be and you'll be right. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, bro. Um, again, just want to say a huge thank you for giving up your time on this Sunday evening. Um, all the best 
um, with the rest of the season and look forward to seeing you back on the field. Um, and for those of you that aren't following Jordan, I'll post all his social media handles here. Check out his vlogs as well. They're, um, they're awesome. And, um, and Jordan's always open if you ever want to message him directly as well. So um, thanks again, bro. And uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks for lending me your ear. If you got value out of that, please follow, subscribe, and also share this episode. And head over to athleteempire.co.nz, subscribe to our newsletter, and start to be part of this awesome community of athletes who want to be able to not only give back, but start turning their passions outside of sport into a profession and start generating a profit. Now is the time to be your athlete CEO.